Hello and welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. Now, obviously, there's no need to sugarcoat it. There's no need to sugarcoat it. Obviously, after Thursday, the full moon came out. And once the full moon came out, things started to get a little bit weird. Tips were going really bad. Uh, the Tigers won by 66 points, which was fucking insane. 66 points conceded by the Cowboys. You know, things just got a little bit weird. Teams that shouldn't win won. It was just a weird and wacky week. It was just a weird and wacky week. Things that shouldn't have happened, happened. Teams that shouldn't have won, won. Tips that should have been right were wrong. And I finished the week probably on three to eight. I haven't actually had a look at it. I think it might be a little bit better than what I think it is, but I think I'm around three from eight because I think I've had an absolute blinder. The games that went the right way, I got right, and the games that went the wrong way, I got wrong. I think I got the Melbourne Storm and the Dolphins right. Obviously, got the Panthers and the Broncos right, uh, and I think I tipped everyone else pretty much. I tipped the Roosters over the Dragons. I tipped South over the Yields. I tipped the Cowboys. Oh, no, I tipped the Tigers. I did tip the Tigers. I thought they were going to win by a lot less, but I tipped the Tigers. Um, yeah, I tipped the Melbourne Storm over the Dolphins, and then I tipped the Bulldogs over... Oh, no, I tipped the Titans. I tipped the Titans. I could be doing really well. I could have called this wacky week, as we call, as we say, the foresee of rugby league. I could have just called this week. I didn't tip the Manly Seagulls, though. I tipped the Raiders. So I think I'm about 50, maybe 60%. I think I'm about six from eight, five or six from eight. Could be wrong. Could be worse. Could be five from eight. I reckon it's about five or six from eight. Didn't actually do too bad. Might have called this wacky week. I might have called this wacky week. Nevertheless, the full moon was well and truly out. It was well and truly out. Blue moon, full moon. Things were getting a little bit weird. But anyway, let's talk about this Thursday because that is what this podcast is about. We're talking about this Thursday, uh, the Broncos v. the Penny Panthers. I'll tell you what, talking from a Broncos perspective, I mean, you can't really fault that effort too much. There was a lot of discipline errors and there was also a lot of really rough calls that really hurt the Broncos. Regardless of that, I think without Adam Reynolds, I was really impressed with the effort from Jock Madden. I thought that he did quite well standing in there for Renault. I thought his kicking game was quite good. I thought that Ezra Mam, he did okay. Um, you know, obviously that this halves pairing hasn't been together too much. I think they've been together maybe once or twice this season without Renault. Uh, maybe once last year. I think Madden was at the Tigers last year or did he go at the end of last year? I think he was at the Tigers last year. So this is probably the first or second time this halves pairing's played together. You know, I'm not really too fussed about how Jock Madden and Ezra Mam went. I actually was quite impressed with the effort, to be honest. I was really impressed with the effort. Payne Haas doing what Payne Haas does. Paddy Carrigan doing what Paddy Carrigan does. However, obviously, the, the Panthers, they just dominated. And, you know, Nathan Cleary was the main staple of that. Did Jerome Luai have a similar week to how he did last week? I thought he played okay. I thought that he was quite dangerous, obviously, with his stepping game uh, and his passing game as well. You know, it wasn't as flashy as last week, but, you know, he still see signs of how uh, Jerome Luai impacts this team with his passing game, his running game. Um, I was really impressed with that aspect, but Nathan Cleary was really the standout. He becomes the youngest player to get 1,300 points in rugby league history. Uh, 
obviously, when he converted his own try in the 50th minute. And I tell you what, a week or so out from Origin, I think he had an absolute freaking blinder, an absolute blinder in this one. Uh, he ran for, uh, with 26 runs, he ran for 190 meters. It might have actually been more than that by the end of the game, but I pretty much just wrote this one down as soon as it was recorded but at the 80th minute mark when I was writing this review. It might actually be more than that, but it was 190 meters that I got from 26 runs. Uh, he had a try assist, a try, three line breaks, and six tackle busts. That is absolutely insane. He's definitely the halfback of the week for me. Uh, you know, most of his efforts were the ones that got the Panthers over the line and would made the Panthers look so dominant in this game over the Broncos. I think the unluckiest part about all of this for Nathan Cleary is obviously his performance is slightly overshadowed um, by, you know, obviously there were five disallowed tries during the contest as well. Uh, Penrith recorded three, Brisbane recorded two. Uh, there was, As I said, there was a lot of decisions that could have gone either way that probably went the wrong way when looking back. But to keep the Panthers 15 points to four, I mean, obviously Nathan Cleary got a bit cocky and kicked the field goal there, not just quietly, but um, to keep the Panthers 15 points to four in this one. Um, it just shows you how physical and tough this game was. Yes, there were times where Brisbane... Def- Brisbane's defense, sorry, can't speak today. Uh, Brisbane's defense could have been a little bit better. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of discipline issues, but there was also a lot of calls that went the other way. Um, but yeah, don't discredit whatsoever the performance that Penrith put up. I mean, uh, Dylan Edwards, Brian Toto, and Sunia Taruva all had dominant performances. Uh, Dylan Edwards ran for 272 meters. Brian Toto ran for 265 meters. And then Sunia Taruva, 216 meters. Um, you know, that's I think that's about seven or 800 meters altogether, which is insane um, from these guys. Um, yeah, awesome efforts there. And Dylan Edwards will be really surprised. And after this game, I was sort of talking to the guru as well. I was like, and obviously put a post out about it pretty much the next day. But, um, you know, you look at Dylan Edwards and you look at his form over the past few weeks, you know, he's averaging around 200, 250 metres per game. Um, you know, he's pretty much everywhere when it comes to support play. Uh, his ball playing is fantastic. He just all the little things he gets right. Uh, and his form over the past few weeks has been unbelievable. Nothing we've seen from Dylan Edwards in the past. I mean, you know, he's always sort of been this player, but I think that obviously when you have guys like Ryan Pappenhausen, you have guys like Tom Trevojevic who are so dominant, those guys got injured and then people really started to realize in a dominant side, nonetheless, but people really started to realize Dylan Edwards and the potential that he has. Um, yeah, he's an absolute freak, absolute freak. And I was what I was saying to the guru was um, that, you know, we look at James Tedesco and obviously he's going to get the Blues jersey because he's the incumbent. You know, he gets the job done every single year. He performs to a high standard in the Origin Arena every single year. But if you look at this season and you look at form, just form, if you don't look at anything else, but you just look at 2023 form, I'd probably pick Dylan Edwards. I probably would. Uh, if we're just looking at form, we're not worrying about incumbencies. We're not worrying about all the other factors. But if you specifically look at form, I'd probably go with Dylan Edwards. And a lot of people, I think, would agree with that. Uh, and I, I got a lot of you know positive reception about that on the page as well when I put the poll up. But you know, I think just based on form, a lot of people would have had Dylan Edwards in there this year. Uh, but obviously, you've got to look at the other factors like James Tedesco's got the job done every year. Uh, he's never looked out of place in that jersey. Um, you know, he's pretty much the incumbent now. And, you know, 
people forget Tedesco's in his 30s. You know, in the next two to three years, he could retire from rep football and Dylan Edwards will be there anyway. And, and again, I was having a conversation with another fan and he was sort of saying, you know, Paps will come back, he'll be fit, he'll be in that origin form or, you know, Tom Travoy, which will take over in that fullback jersey. They damn well could. But I almost feel like that Dylan Edwards, with the way he's playing now and if he continues this over the next few years... You know, he will get that jersey and he will not look out of place whatsoever. So, you know, hopefully Dylan Edwards over the next few years keeps this up. And, you know, I, I really do think that he is going to be in the squad that's going to be named today. I really do. Obviously recording this on Sunday night uh, for Monday. It's going to come out on the Monday. But, you know, speaking as if this was Monday, I think that in terms of the squads that are going to come out today for Origin or over the next few days for Origin, I really do think that he's a shout to be in that side for sure. I think that he definitely deserves it. And I guess when you're looking at Origin as well and you're looking at Jerome Luai um, over uh, Nico Hines, I think with the way that they've scheduled when these teams are coming out, when the game is... I really do think that they're going to go with Jerome Luai at 5'8". Anyway, obviously got leaked yesterday that Nico Hines um, was going to be the 14. Uh, Whether or not that's 100%, I'm not sure. But a lot of the news reporters are saying that he's going to be the 14. Um, So whether or not that's that's true, we'll find out. And obviously, Nico Hines thoroughly deserves the 6 jersey. You know, I think the smarter option, to be honest, going into this game, particularly when it's only a week away, is to pick Jerome Luai at six and to pick Nico Hines at 14. We go into the game, it doesn't work. Yes, we can move Nico Hines there, but at least when you do move them there, going into origin training and origin camp over the next few weeks, heading into game two, they're getting a lot more time to gel with each other. And obviously they're going to, you know, play a little bit of footy together as well, uh, going into origin camp for game one. But I mean... I think four weeks, five weeks gelling with each other rather than one week or half a week gelling with each other. You know, I think that's much better to have more time actually gelling this spine, gelling these halves together. You know, a lot of people will say, yeah, no, Nico Hines, a super talented player, definitely should be the six. And I agree. But I think sometimes people forget that, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Neither are NRL spines and neither are origin spines. Spines take time to gel. When you've got a spine like Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary, who obviously have played together throughout the entirety of the juniors, uh, Jerome Luai's played seven and Nathan Cleary's played six, obviously in New South Wales Cup and in Jersey Flag and all the other comps. And then obviously Nathan Cleary's now the seven, Jerome Luai the six, but they're still playing in the halves together. They've been to they've been together for a long time. And I think it would be uh, a bit silly to split them up um, when they have been going so well uh, to, and take a risk on trying this new you know, halves pairing, especially in game one. And as I said, if it doesn't work in game one, yes, 100%, I would change it and have Nico Hines in the number six and I would work um, with that spine and gel that spine for a longer period. But I think for game one, I think it's the smarter option to go in um, with Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary. Now, back to the game. Uh, Selwyn Cobbo has now scored 18 tries in his past 18 games at Suncorp as well. Uh, James Fisher-Harris and Martin Tapao are both placed on report, so definitely ones to watch there going into the next few weeks, particularly when we have a lot of players out in origin camp. And obviously another factor um, going into this game was the fact that Penrith pretty much enjoyed 60% possession in the entirety of the game as well. They had a lot of ball and they utilized it well, whereas Brisbane, there was a lot of penalties, there was a lot of handovers, uh, but mainly some really out there calls. Um, and I will not 
sort of sugarcoat most things. I'm very usually very quite direct. There was a few calls that were very, very, you know, 50-50, could have gone either way or pretty, pretty wrong. I'll just say that, pretty wrong. You can't take away Brisbane's resilience in this game at all. They had a really resilient game. Uh, I thought that defensively they were okay. Obviously, they did let in two tries, but um, all in all, it was a very tough, physical, even game. Um, and yeah, look, Penrith were just the better team on the night. Well,